You know, today is a really awesome day. We have uh, just miracles happening within the church. We have sons that are going to be baptized with their fathers, husbands who are coming with their wives. We have a lady, a widow, whose husband, one of the last baptism services we had, he was 88 years old and stood on this stage and said yes to Jesus. And today she's coming. We ha- yeah, we, we, have, uh, it, we have whole families that are going to stand up here, mom, dad, son, and daughter, and be baptized uh, on this stage today. There's a lady here who uh, just went back to give her life to teaching kids in the public schools. And she's marking, this teacher today is marking that moment with a recommitment to Jesus as she embarks in living out her faith in that kind of way. It's just amazing to be a part of the movement of God in our time. Something that we've been praying for and and longing for. And now God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on us. I want to share with you a scripture about one of the first baptisms, one of the first Christian baptisms that is ever recorded. Uh, maybe the first one, we don't know, but it's very significant as we think about what people are doing today and what God is calling to each of our hearts to do. So this is in Acts chapter 8, and it says, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Philip is one of the first followers of Jesus, one of the first people that would have said, I'm a Christian. And Philip is living in a time when being a Christian is a very dangerous thing. In fact, in Acts chapter 8 is the recording of the first martyr, a man named Stephen. So we've just been told that saying that you follow Jesus could mean your very life. And then being introduced to Philip who's saying, I have no other choice but to follow Jesus. And an angel is talking to Philip. We may never get through this scripture if I just keep doing this. But you see what I'm saying? Like God is speaking to his people. Remember we said the work and the weird of the spirit, that angel starts showing up and speaking. And that's what's happening to Philip. And the angel says, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So God is telling Philip to go in a certain direction. The next verse says, so he started out. Philip was obedient to God's call in his life. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship the Ethiopian. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. So we don't know a lot about this Ethiopian eunuch. We don't know if he was of uh, of Jewish faith, and that's why he was going to Jerusalem to worship. Many people think that he more likely was a a Gentile, but he still was finding himself in Jerusalem worshiping. And now he's going back home to Ethiopia, and he's reading from the book of Isaiah in his chariot as he rides along. So whoever he was, he was most certainly seeking after God. That's all I want you to notice. We don't know exactly who he was, but he had just gone to worship and then he went and got in his car and he put the Bible app on audibly to listen to on the ride home, right? He hadn't got enough. I can't imagine what the percentage of you guys after this service are going to go and put on the Bible app or say, let me listen to that sermon again. Some of you are, right? Yeah. So that's how, that's how con- at least how much he was seeking after the Lord, that he'd just been in Jerusalem in a time of worship of God. And on the way home, he's still thinking about it. He's still pondering in his heart. He's reading from the Holy Scriptures. He's reading Isaiah. And so it, it says, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. 
The Spirit told this follower of Jesus, you need to get close to this guy and and stay near. That's all he knows. So he goes there. That's what it says. Philip ran up to the chariot. If angels are talking to you, you you run, right? (laughs) He runs to the chariot and he hears the man reading. The man's reading out loud from a scroll, Isaiah the prophet. And Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And he replies, how can I unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This next part, you'll see the quotations. We're now hearing what the Ethiopian eunuch was reading from the book of Isaiah. Okay, that's what, that's what these words are. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? That's the quotation from Isaiah. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who's the prophet talking about himself or someone else? He doesn't understand what he's reading. He's hearing this words about a sheep uh, being led to slaughter, a sheep that will give no defense for itself, a sheep that's experiencing humiliation. And, And the Ethiopian's like, I don't have any idea what this is talking about. Is Isaiah talking about Isaiah? Is he talking about, he knows he's not talking about a sheep, right? He's like, what's really going on here? And then it says, Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So he started right there and began to explain to him, uh, talking about the sheep, he starts talking about Jesus. So he says, uh, He says, let me tell you about this Jesus. I don't know exactly what he said, but he's using that scripture to explain that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that they were waiting for. The one Isaiah was talking about is the one that they were talking about in Jerusalem probably when he was there. And Philip begins to tell him about it. And presumably, Philip tells the Ethiopian eunuch about the response of baptism to uh, believing in Jesus. And the reason I say presumably is because the very next thing that happens is as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. So it's as if they were talking about, uh, talking about the baptism response to um, hearing about Jesus. And the Ethiopian who's seeking after God, he asked this beautiful question. What's going to stand in the way of my being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And the eunuch answered, an Ethiopian eunuch says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he gave orders. He was a powerful man, a man of reputation, gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him on the spot. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord who had sent Philip to the chariot now suddenly takes him away. And the eunuch never saw him again, (laughs) but he went on his way rejoicing, partying, celebrating that this moment had happened in his life that his seeking after God had led to this. I always like to show this picture of Rembrandt's uh, depiction of the Ethiopian eunuch being baptized. And the reason I'll continue to share it is because a couple of years ago I showed it and there was a little boy here who was from Ethiopia and he responded to this picture with his own baptism because he was able to see himself in the story. And I think one of the purposes of God placing this story in the scriptures is so that we would be able to see ourselves in the story. 
that we would be able to begin to look at our very lives, the, the things that we've encountered, the places that we came from in this story and say, I can also respond in like manner. So in baptism, the spirit is active, okay? Every time uh, that we see a baptism, the spirit, you're gonna see some baptisms in just a moment. The spirit will be active. The primary actor in your life is God, it's so easy to think that you, like the movie, my movie that I live in, it usually feels like Jacob's the primary actor, you know, the star of the show, right? But that's not it. The primary actor in your life is God. And in baptism, the spirit is active. The spirit is moving. The spirit is up to something. But also in baptism, the person is seeking. <laughs> so it is God who is acting, but the whole thing about baptism is that there is a response there. What's going to keep me from getting in the water? Can I do that right now? There is a person who is seeking after. And every time, uh, you know, I talk to someone who's interested in baptism, you hear this story of the spirit being active. They start talking about things. This guy, I feel like God's saying this. I feel like this is going on. You see the spirit's work, but then the person is seeking. Like the Ethiopian eunuch is saying, I want to hear more about this. I don't even understand this. That's the next thing. In baptism, there isn't full understanding. It's, I, I want you to hear that because um, I've been baptizing people for over 20 years now. Almost everybody I talk to who's interested in baptism has some moment where they're like, I don't really fully understand what's going on. I don't really fully, I, I don't fully see all that God is doing, but they are seeking. So often I'll meet with parents who have a, you know, a kid with them and, and, you know, so often after we've talked, they'll say, I'm not really sure that he fully understands it. And I'll be like, neither do you. You know, and I, I'm being silly because obviously what the parent is wanting is, is a very holy thing for their kid to get it and to want to do it. But the kid doesn't fully understand it. We have a seven-year-old being baptized today. He doesn't fully understand it. We also have some people in their 70s being baptized. They don't fully understand it. So full understanding is not what gets you in the water, but there is a confession of belief. So we're not just giving high fives to everybody and say, you know, there, there has to be this moment, like with the Ethiopian eunuch, I'm seeking, someone's talking to them and say, and they confess. That verse that I read to you where, where the Ethiopian eunuch confesses, I believe in Jesus Christ as the son of God. Most people thought were, it's probably a, a verse that was added later, but that doesn't make it insignificant. What we're being shown there is that the early church had language that captured what was important to confess, to believe, to come and be baptized. And so I shared with you a story last week about someone come to our church who came and stood forward and they're like, how much do I have to believe? Well, you have to confess that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And so it's interesting in all this seeking around and all this thing that's going on, there will be something that sinks into your heart that says, I need Jesus. I can't explain that to you. I've never been able to convince anyone to be baptized or to say yes to Jesus. I don't know the right words. I don't have a formula, but I can tell you that the spirit works in such a way that it draws people to a place where they will desire themselves to confess Jesus as their Lord and their savior. One of my favorite parts about baptism is there's, every time I've seen it, someone else has to help you to the water. I've never seen anybody baptize themselves, right? I very rarely meet someone that is getting baptized that doesn't say, my grandmother was praying for me, or my mama took me to church, or my friend is the one who gave me the link to this service, or my friend came and sat next to me in the most difficult time of my life. You see what I'm saying? 
The Ethiopian eunuch wasn't going to get there on his own, but God sent Philip right up next to his chariot and said, hey, buddy, you understand what you're reading? He says, I have no idea what this means. Philip jumps up into the, into the co-pilot seat next to him and says, the sheep that he's talking about is Jesus, the Lamb of God. We've done these sacrifices all these years. You've been going to the temple. You were just in Jerusalem. You saw it. But God has sent the final, the Passover Lamb, the one that will finally rescue us, and his name is Jesus, the one who was walking the streets of Jerusalem. You heard the story of him going to the cross and being crucified. Well, his crucifixion and his death was not the end of the story. We, his friends, saw him three days later. He showed up to us. He ate fish with us. We touched his hands. He shared with us that he was going back to the Father, and he promised that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon us, and it happened on Pentecost. We were there. We began to speak in tongues. There was fire. There was all these things, and we began to baptize thousands that day, three thousands in the city, and now there's this movement that's happening, and it's dangerous. Our friend Stephen was just killed for confessing it before him, and the Ethiopian eunuch says, what will stand in the way of me doing the same thing, right? It's unbelievable. But the movement of the Spirit leads to this confession of belief that happens because people are coming alongside of them, and there is rejoicing. I have seen in the last three years Providence Church get really good at rejoicing. I'm so proud of you. I went back and looked at some of my notes from four or five years ago, and I, had, I was in there. I was saying, I want us to, to learn how to party and rejoice better. Well, last week, I couldn't even finish my sermon because you guys were cheering so much. I had more that I wanted to say, but we are joining in the heavens, angels, parties, because what God celebrates is when lost sons and lost daughters come home. So I just want you to hear those things again. And if, if one of them is happening in your life, pay attention. If this morning all of them are happening in your life, you probably need to be baptized today, okay? Here they are again. The spirit is active. Think about your life. You are seeking. There isn't full understanding. There is a confession of belief, you believe. Someone has helped you get to this place. And there is a sense of joy and rejoicing in your life. Let us pray. God, as we begin to welcome people to the water this morning, let it be for us a great celebration that we join in with you. Open our hearts to you now. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross, forgiving our sins, conquering sin and death, your resurrection to life, which offers to us life now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.